hello. I'm sorry. I thought there was more room back there. Nope, that's fine. <laughs> Me talking about wearing freaking reading glasses. Not a fun thing. Hmm. Hmm. It confused the freaking audience. They'll be like, what the hell is that about? <laughs> we don't care about our audience, do we? <laughs> what audience? <laughs> that's a really big question. You sure? She's edited a few. She's edited a few. But some of us have loud mouths and project, and some of us don't. <laughs> I'm not even, not even going to comment. Actually, she projects pretty well. You'd think. I can when I need to. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. All right. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the season six final of Indie Film Cafe. Finale. It is a finale. I'm your old pal, the Moo Cow, a.k.a. Paul A. Presenza, and I'm joined by... Jonathan A. Moody, your co-host. <laughs> And together, our standard victim for the mm -hmm. final show of the season is... Just Jen. Just Jen. Back yes. again. Yes. Mm -hmm. I don't know why she keeps coming back. She knows <laughs> She knows the drill. At this point. I think secretly she loves it. I think so, no. too. No. I, I think so. You have some horrible movies. <laughs> Absolutely not. Well, you'd be surprised. I um, would be. You missed well, the Charles Cullen movie. You did. You did. It was actually really good. From the guy who did Curse of the Mummy Cat. Yeah, it was good. It was. It was I, these guys were surprised. Yeah. Mm. It is not a Charles Cullen movie that we're doing this time, however, because you can only do so much Charles Cullen in a single season. <laughs> in this case, we're going in the Wayback Machine, all the way back to 1966, for the notorious underground classic film from the Kucher Brothers. Sins of the Fleshapoids. Okay. Our, the what? Uh, the Root Brothers? <laughs> the Coochers. The Coochers. They are known for doing underground stuff. Let me put it to you this way. John Waters famously said he, this movie is what defined an underground film for him. So, John Waters. John Waters. Said right. This. Yes. The underground master. Yes. Yes. So, you're in for something. I can't tell you exactly I, I, what you're in for, <laughs> but you're in for something, oh that's for sure. Oh, boy. Yeah. And we will be back to talk about it right after some mood music. really known for your potty humor, Jen. Yeah, that really isn't your forte. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I can't wait for you to meet Jackie. Stuff, <laughs> All right, cats and kitties, we are back. So I'm dying to know first impressions, sins of the fleshapoids. What did you guys think? <laughs> um, Jen is uh, thinking really hard. <laughs> I could see the Thank the balloon, the God, dialogue balloon. God, it was so short. Even though it felt much longer. I, I think uh. some scenes definitely felt longer oh, and, yeah. and made it drag out, you know? And, yeah. But, like, yeah, I mean, it was short, thank God, because I don't mm -hmm. think I could watch an hour and a half of this movie. <laughs> no. I, I think I would have... Or two and a half, say, oh, God. David Rock Nelson style. No, no. I'm glad... He, 
See, you're, you're being a lot nicer on the season finale. Yep. I think it's to repay for your sin. The sins. The sins of the cowapoid. <laughs> no, no, the sins of, uh, what is it, uh, Miss Werewolf. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those, yeah. Were, those were some bad sins right there. So. <laughs> uh-huh. But then yep. last season you did Zuzu, which oh, was not. Oh, Zuzu was cute. Uh, Suzu mm. was kind of. Yeah, yeah. I like this movie better than Zuzu in a way, but. And better than Miss Werewolf? <laughs> oh, definitely. But Miss Werewolf was a, a 10 plus, you there know, you for all of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, so we're, we're improving in our finales. <laughs> Not really. I mean, yeah. This is still a pretty bad movie. Yeah. So, it, it was very, very 60s. Who very. would like to talk about what happens in Sins of the Fleshapoid? When things finally do happen, there's lots of lounging. Something does happen. Lots of lounging. Lots of eyelashes. Lots of plastic fruit. Lots of plastic fruit. Lots of red. Lots of drapes and. Lots of shag rugs and cinder block walls. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Curtains. Uh, Curtains. Body glitter. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What was the point of that one? Perfect future. Perfect future. Everyone's glittery. Glittering and wearing well, the women are glittering. flower they... pasties. Yes, ginormous well, flower pasties. The guys pasties. weren't glittery, were they? I don't remember uh, that. They were kind of glittery. Ernie was a bit glittery. Mm, I I glittery so. or oily? Well, like oily and yeah. glittery. <laughs> he was he was gloitery, gloitery. Anyways, so moody. What's the story? I'm gonna throw well, it on you because you're trying to throw it on me. I loved, I loved, I loved what you said, Jen. When we're watching it, you go, "Is there a story coming?" Because <laughs> like most soon. of the time in the beginning of the movie, there's literally nothing happening. Uh, like the beginning of the movie, it's like the whole idea is it's supposed to be the future after like this big atomic bomb, you know, nuclear war. Ten thousand years in the yeah. future. Is it ten thousand? Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, and so apparently. In the t- in ten thousand years in the future, we still have wise potato chips, and we <laughs> Clark still bars. Clark bars, <laughs> you know things like that, and and as you and, do, and your forks are these huge forks, that I mean, just why I don't know, just because <laughs> it looks cool, I guess was what they were trying to go for, or maybe that's all they had at the house. I don't know when they were filming Andy um, Milligan's house or Andy Warhol's house, even worse. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you mentioned that because the house did look very garish and a little, little very flamboyant, you, you think? know, kind of thing, and lots of different stuff. Because it was made in whose apartment? Your apartment, George's? It was made in a couple of apartments. Oh, sometimes, couple apartments. It, sometimes in the Bronx, it was made. Um, yeah, that's why I did the mural on the wall. I, I did it actually. I came home from work. I had to do it in an hour and a half that mural because the cast was coming over. Okay, uh, but then some were shot in Brooklyn. Uh, wow. This uh, the the lead actor had a very kind of. Um, Gothic-looking home in in uh, Brooklyn Heights, so we shot there. Um, so yeah, so the movie kind of begins with just you know this narrator who you what do you what do you call him? What is his name? Oh yeah, that is uh, Bob Cowan. Cowan. Moo. I think his name was Cohen, but you say Cowan. Cow. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay um, with that. So we'll just call him Cowan. Um, and then and the movie's all narrated too. Yeah, right. and you said he sounded like a preacher. Oh, he sounded like one of those revival preachers under the big top, and this is gonna happen with a quavery voice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So then we find out that uh, apparently all the humans that are left sort of have 
their own robots, and they're called fleshopoids because they are made of human with human flesh to look like they're human, but they're robots, which they also say nuts and bolts, and we do actually get to see some of the nuts and bolts in the girl's breasts. We do. But, like, not really. You yeah. know, it's just, it's terrible. But, uh... Well, and they did not pick the ideal men there to model these flesh of plates <laughs> after. I was gonna say, like, because I, I thought, like, oh, the, if they're gonna be, like, if they can make anybody into a flesh of plate, mm-hmm. you know, you would think you would make somebody look good. They made him look more like Arnold Schwarzenegger today, you know? Than yeah, no, in fact, <laughs> it turns out they all like look like the same troupe of actors that work with all the Kuchar projects. Well, you said <clears> one <throat> of them was a Kuchar. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll probably get to that when you get to yep. the cast and stuff. So anyway, uh, the story begins, really, <laughs> when uh, one of the girls goes to dinner with, you know, the main girl goes to dinner with her husband. Prince Viviana. Prince, Prince, Princess Viviana. Princess Viviana goes. Uh, what, no, what before that though. Oh yeah, yeah. the, the Flushapoids started to yeah. kind of fall so in love. There's a woman who we don't, who's unnamed, with the Flushapoid. What is it? Czar, something. Czar, X A R, and sh- with the weird hat thing. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's the the girl. The girl uh, is uh, was it? Um, Malenka. Malenka. Yeah. And that's the, is that the, uh... That's, so it's, that's it's, the female flesh. Right. The female flesh of Czar and Malenka, and then mm-hmm. there's Princess Viviana and Prince Gianbeno. Gianbeno. So the two flesh of And Ernie. Don't forget Ernie. But the two flesh of fall in love. Yes. They have evolved to fall in love. evolved to fall in love. And boy, how do they fall But before then, they start to kind of disobey their master and stuff. And uh, kind of causes some trouble with uh, uh, Malenka and, um, and was, not Malenka, um, the princess. Princess and uh, and the prince. And the prince. And, uh, and, and Ernie is told to go take a shower. And, and Ernie is Viviana's lover. Yeah, right. Viviana's lover. And he's told to go uh, take a shower. Well, no, they, tell, like they, they said, yeah, go and feed and bathe my, my lover. Because she tells the, the unnamed Flushapoid, the butler guy that we, mm. we just, we never, he's the one that catches the fruit in the mouth. Yeah. <clears throat> and he's sitting there playing the whatever that stringed instrument, like a board with some string on his own, strings on it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> go feed and bathe my lover. Go and feed and bathe my lover. Something I say all the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they go off and uh, she has dinner with her, uh, the prince. Ish. And yeah, and the prince is, I think the prince is suspecting something already because there's like this really weird, like tension between them. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's just the bad acting or if that's like. I don't know. You could pick out the weird part because the whole movie was a I weird know. part. All right. So anyway, he uh, ends up. She ends up uh, talking to the prince about stuff, and then the prince is like, "You know, oh, uh, where's your necklace?" Mm. And he, she says, "Oh, I left. I must have left it upstairs." And he goes, "Okay, I'll go get it." And then she just assumes that means she the guy knows. Freaks out. She freaks don't out. Don't go up there. <laughs> don't go up there. And he's like. You know, going up there, and then she pushed. Well, no, he pushes himself down the stairs. Yes, he does. <laughs> you know, and he falls down, and he's down there for a while. And she goes up to see her lover, Ernie, and tell Ernie he needs to. Uh, uh, he needs Oily to get the road uh, with the 
football helmet. Yes, Ellen. oily, hairy football player uniform, oh, Ernie. 60s football uniform, yeah. little helmets. Lots of jewels that end up falling down for no reason, oh, and they yeah. have to pick it up. Do you love Christmas me or then. my jewels? Both. Both. And then, so she goes to kill herself, and she says, I'm going to kill myself if you leave me. And he goes, do you promise? <laughs> oh, yeah, I know, that was hard. <laughs> I know. Damn. Yeah. Jeez. And then, um, so he goes to leave and she kills him instead. And I thought it would be really funny if, like, the jewels fell and instead, uh, as he's dying, he's picking them up. Because we saw him try to pick them up for at least five yeah, minutes. Yeah, I know. I know. There were only five necklaces and two Christmas ornaments that fell out. <laughs> I know, and then they kept Apparently they were all out again and again and again, and they were like family jewels just kept flopping out. It was know? just it was padding. A lot of that was padding. I feel like um, <laughs> just to get the movie to fifty minutes, you know. Um, even then, it's short, but it's like oh my god, this movie feels like they just keep padding the movie out to get longer. Um, and then the uh, I have trouble getting it longer. You know, yeah. it's one of those problems. Oh, and then the two. Um, I think right before then or so, the two flesh decide to make love. And how, pray tell, do they do that? Yeah, Jim, <laughs> please tell us. Uh, you just see them touch hands and electricity sparks, and then we get in the cut. And we're talking the old-fashioned scratch-the-film kind of electricity, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, they always say that whenever you're with somebody, that electricity the should spark. spark. You know, so mm-hmm. this was taking that in a literal meeting. Yes. Um, and then I guess that's all they did was hold hands, and then that was it, and stuff. And so, you know, mm-hmm. kind of easy, I guess. Um, and then it didn't seem as much fun, no. you know, as as normal way. <laughs> but uh, shocking. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> so then uh, oh. the uh, the prince. Uh, tries to fight the flesh of blood. Yes, he decides that robots falling in love is against the natural order of things, and he's really ticked mm. off about it. And so he decides he's going to deactivate them. So he deactivates poor Malenka by <laughs> pulling her dress down so that you would see a boob, but instead there's this giant blocky battery or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he pulls a, a wire out. And disconnect her. Disconnects her. And boy, howdy, does that piss off Zar because he just goes bonk, bonk on the head. And uh, <laughs> poor Prince, he just keeps getting bonked. Bonk. You know, like he deserves it. He's kind of an asshole. Yeah, like drops to the ground. Hanging out of his head. <laughs> so he's down. And in the meantime, what happens with Malenka? Oh, God, are you talking about the ending? <laughs> well, she called she gets it. Plugged she plugged back in. Oh, she called it. She said, "Get about Jen, five minutes of rolling around going, on the uh, floor, groaning." Uh, uh, you were saying you, you were missing like, being silent. What's yes. going on? Yes. And then you were like, "Wait a second, is she going to have a baby?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she looked at me, and I'm like, "I'm not telling." Uh, you didn't say anything, so I, uh, I assumed that meant yes. Yeah, I know. When Paul doesn't say anything, yeah, yeah. it generally means I us. did mention. Or if it's something a little different, I'm like, you'll have to see. I did yeah. mention how much I enjoyed the ending, as you recall. I did say yeah. that. I don't, I don't know how you can enjoy five minutes of going, err, err, err. God, that was long. Like, yeah. Come on. 
But anyway, so she has a baby. And it's a little teeny tiny robot. A little plastic one. Wind up to <laughs> and, and it just out. wanders out. It just From wanders between out her legs. Yep, between yeah. her legs and everything. And it's, it's just... That it was that was the best part of the movie in my opinion the best part but and even before that remember they they decide they have to kill uh, mm-hmm. the prince and so remember how they do that uh, he goes uh, I'm negative and she goes oh, yeah. I'm positive and then they zap his stupid ass and he's a flaming corpse after that yep. yes Sparkler's that was coming cool, out of his actually. crotch yep 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 yeah. and they 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 transpose some footage of a sparkler behind him. Which was kind of cool. Yeah, I mean it was it was different. <laughs> I think this whole movie you can say it was different. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So let me give you a little background on this movie. Oh, fun. Um, yeah. The Kuchars are known for being sort of these uh, early underground film guys from New York City who helped set the scene because the the '60s and '70s were like a big time for um, underground filmmaking, especially in New York City. And it's the folks like the Kuchars and Andy Milligan and Andy Warhol and Kenneth Anger who ends up leading on to people like John Waters and, um, you know, gosh, Abel Ferreira and, and, and Jim Jarmusch and all those kind of folks later in the 80s and into the 90s. So this is a movie that the budget is reportedly to be about a thousand bucks. Um, there's a lot of like handmade stuff, painted sets, which we've seen in, uh, well, so in Nick Zed. Uh, this was shot on a 16 millimeter Bolex camera. See, that's why I was silent. Yes. Because um, I know, so the guy who did Jesus Christ uh, Vampire Hunter shoots all his films on a Bolex, or mm-hmm. did for, for that movie. And a lot of times, what you have to do, because the Bolex camera is loud, you know, and you can't really do sound right. like mm-hmm. on location, that's probably why they stripped the audio and just had the little bubbles and the narration right, right, right. and stuff. So they didn't really have the capacity to do ADR. So they just dispensed with that altogether and they brought in a whole bunch of music. In fact, Bob Cowan, one of his duties was to provide the music. And I thought the music was kind of cool. It was interesting. Music a little was soap opera-ish. Uh, you know. It was mm-hmm. very 60s. Very 60s. I mean, you would hear it and you knew exactly what time period sure. it was coming from. Sure. A little high-pitched. There were several occasions like, okay... But again, down. this being 1966, yeah. I can't blame them for that. Right. But um, so, and then yeah, so and then they they couldn't do the dialogue, so instead they did the rather ingenious, in my opinion, way of doing those those thought bubbles like you might see in, in a comic, comic book, yeah. right? And I thought that was pretty neat. I mean, I I was kind of into that, and then mm-hmm. it felt like closed captioning, you know? Right. So I was like, all right. I can actually read this and see what it says. So this yeah. one was directed by Mike Kuchar. He's not so much usually known for being the director. Usually George is the one. George was the writer in this particular film. And uh, he... They kind of, sep- like, do they, like, switch around? They're, they're actually twin brothers, believe it or not. And usually George is the guy who directs. and But in this case, he was the writer, and he's the guy who plays... Prince Giambino, so he's the guy who gets zapped later on. And no, he's the asshole. He's kind of the jerky guy, right? But Mike has done his own stuff, mostly shorts, but in fact, I think they're all shorts, but he has done films with titles such as I Was a Teenage Rum Pot. Uh, I Was the a Teenage What? Rum Pot. Rum Pot. Yes, Rum Pot. Pot of Rum. Uh, okay. Thief of the Stripper, Pussy <laughs> on a Hot Tin Roof, 
and the Craven Sluck, which is on this disc. And um, we have to watch the Craven Sluck. I've seen it. It's it's fun. So when we do our next short film thing, we're, yeah, we'll do right, that. Yeah. Fun. Um, <laughs> and in this case, Mike also, he did the sets. He did the FX. He edited the movie. He was the cinematographer. He was the producer. And he was also the director. Mm. Um, usually they work together on this thing, so this was mostly Mike's film. Uh, like I said, George was mainly the writer, and he, he's the guy who plays Prince Gianbiano. Now, Bob Cowan, who did the music, is also plays Czar, so he's the guy with the weird hat. And he's the narrator, so he's the guy with the quavery voice who comes on and tells you things. And he has mostly been in just Kuchar films, but he was also in a TV movie back in 1967 called Attack of the Eye Creature. Oh, so that actually he, sounds kind of fun. He, he was in that. Um, so George uh, has done, like I said, mo they tend to do mostly short films, but they have done, George has actually gone on to do a few longer ones. So he has done Corruption of the Damned. He did The Devil's Cleavage. He did Symphony for a Sinner, and he did a movie that we are going to do on Indie Film Cafe in the future very soon, Ascension of the Demonoids. That's another movie that's a I, lot of fun. I feel fun. like you've talked about this. So. I'm sure I have. And he acted in another wacko, bizarre movie that I'm just going to do for um, uh, uh, the one that I'm doing with Rebecca Reinhardt, the um, sexploitation cast called Thundercrack. <laughs> which is a wackadoodle movie with lots of nudity and sex and craziness. I will say this. When you were saying there's going to be a lot of flesh, mm. there really wasn't much. I mean, there was, but there just weren't a lot of naughty bits. No, it was more like they were kind of covered up. Yeah. yeah no, I was so like, I wasn't I was, like... It was more like shoulders and some, thighs and... There, there was no, I thought I felt mm. like the way that you were talking, mm -hmm. there was going to be dangle, you know? <laughs> And there was not. No. He had no. half of a hairy ass. Yeah, Ernie showed some butt. I... Was that Ernie? I think so. Okay. He was the stud muffin, so yeah. Yeah, but in the beginning, there were just random people lounging. And I seriously thought, I was like, okay, we're going to do some lounging nudity and some, you know. Did you, did you find Ernie attractive at all? Not my style. Not your style? No. Okay. No. And I forget no. who played Ernie. I... I he this was the only thing he appeared in and I tried to Google him around. There's there's almost nothing. Mm -hmm. This was his one and only cinematic appearance, so enjoy okay. it for what it's worth. <laughs> for what it's worth. I don't know if that's worth right. much, but alright. Um, Princess Viviana was played by Donna Kernes. Kerness, I think. K-E-R-N-E-S-S. -S. She's been in maybe twenty five movies, but most of them, in fact, just about all of them are Kucher productions, so they're mm -hmm. mostly shorts. I, I, she may have done one or two other smaller things, but like a lot of these folks, they have their little repertoire of actors and folks that they work with because they either like them or they understand what they're going for or they trust them or nobody else will work for them or, you know, whatever excuse yeah. happens to be. You know, he, she's one of their regulars. And then Malenka was played by Marin Thomas, and she was in. She was only in three of the Kucher films, and that was it. She didn't seem to do much more beyond that. I mean, <clears throat> you know, it's one of those things. It's kind of like Chris Seaver kind of stuff, or mm -hmm. whatever, where you get your friends together. You're like, hey, you want to do this? And after a while, they're like, I've got a real job. I got a life. I got. I just got married. You know, whatever. 
Right. And they're like, I gotta, I gotta leave. I the, can't be I part can't. of your home movies anymore because that's yeah. what this feels like. It feels like a very elaborate home movie. I mean, you were saying like in a garage. It felt like it was made at somebody's like, like Andy Warhol's house, but right. it's probably one of the Coochers family houses that Could they be. have, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. So. Uh, Mike Kucher was a photo retoucher. That was that was his daytime job. So he had access to photography equipment and movie equipment. But apparently he made enough money that he was able to make a whole slew of these short films. And in fact, there are several collections of his short films that are out there. And you say he's still making Yeah, they, and they were making things into the mid-2000s, 2010s, 2015, I think, something like that. Wow. Um, I don't know if anything has been made within the last three or four years, but yeah, they've been they've been doing things, and in fact, they have been shown on. Thing, I think things like um, oh, uh, what is that one cable show that does all the independent cinema? I think IFC. Yeah, I think they've popped up on IFC and a few other specials talking about them. Sundance, maybe. Maybe, maybe. So they're they're yeah. like I said, they're pretty well known, and um, that this has been their thing, sort of artsy fartsy short films where they just sort of. Go for it. That's a great way to describe it. And like I said, this was actually, this particular film was fairly popular in 42nd Street uh, on, you know, gay theaters because A, it's really super campy, and then B, there is some significant beefcake, even though there's Mm -hmm. no nudity or sex. Um, You know, there's a certain segment of audience who happens to like this sort of thing. And it played for a nice long time. So and just like it definitely Kenneth, seemed to have hints of sure it had a, it had some underground yeah, feel some yeah. vibes, whereas like the Kenneth Anger stuff tends to go a lot more into the LGBT stuff mm-hmm. that especially around that period, because um, that would have been underground 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 at that time, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but otherwise like I said this this was a this was a sixteen millimeter Bolex camera, and it was shot in Brooklyn in somebody's apartment I I don't know who I don't know who lives like that. With all these diaphanous curtains and things floating around. Well, they were definitely stapled on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> As you did in the perfect paradise future, with you your know, we're gonna have to get into that with like your bit, your plastic fruit that you bought from Woolworths because the color was so bright. That's why he, he included it. Or eating uh, wise potato chips while getting a massage, mm-hmm. like you know what you do in the future. You know, I guess. So mm-hmm. the other thing is apparently. This movie is kind of like his underground personal reaction to an actual real Hollywood production called uh, Creation of the Humanoids from 1962. So he saw this movie and he was inspired. And he said, well, you know, I can do my own version of that with sort of my own twists to it. Mm. And so that, that's what he did. Because the, the story of an idea of having robots who serve humans who then all of a sudden revolt and do their own thing and become more human-like, that's an old movie. That that's, mm-hmm. goes back to H.G. Wells kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. um, there are plenty of Hollywood movies, and we can plenty of porn movies even, that, that borrow that that sort of uh, storyline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so this is nothing new, but... Uh, yeah, right, right, right. It's just that this is more 60s underground style. So like I said, Kenneth Angers, Andy Warhol, Andy Milligan, John what's, Waters. What's you know. new about it is the fact that this these guys made it. Right. You know, like you can tell. I, I bet if I watched another movie of theirs and you didn't tell me it was theirs, I'd be like, that feels like a Kuchar movie. Right. And the other hallmark is just the over, 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 over the top stylistic approach mm. that these guys did. I mean... 
I think we mentioned that this garage garish was kind of like the 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 portmanteau for this film. It's yeah. it's you know super over garish, but at the same time bare bones. If you, you, said could, you could see, like, so, you know, you could see like blocks, you know, yeah. right, right, blocks, in the background, yeah. yeah. Lots, of, lots of red curtains and fake ivy and mm -hmm. yeah, fake and then Greek. oh, paintings. Outside, yeah. the exteriors were paintings. Just like Nick Zed, our buddy, who yeah. had painted well, painted sets. He went a little overboard. <laughs> so you didn't see Geek Maggot Bingo. Oh, we got to show you. Um, that. No, it's okay. No, it's. <laughs> I, 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 even I would save her from that. Um, there's no geeks, there's no maggots, and there's no bingo. But <laughs> there is a geek. There's a geek. Sort there's of, a guy kind of. Geek. Um, but anyway, the whole point is the the guy like actually had painted foams, like fake foams. Like a big, huge, okay. and then he like answers it like it's a real phone. Yeah. Like I mean, you could just get a phone, a, a regular phone, and just yeah. put it there. Yeah. But no, he decided no, not. No, he had to, mm -hmm. to make everything. Mm -hmm. And that's what I felt like this was like. I think... Part of it, yes. Uh, Nick Zed probably mm -hmm. did see these movies and said, "Oh yeah, I could oh, go yeah. a little more, you know, or whatever, mm -hmm. do a little more and uh, and whatnot." Which is, I mean, fine because, like we said, this underground. So a lot of the people are fans of this sure. stuff. Uh, John Waters is a fan, you said, and uh, I can I can sort of feel. Like the John Waters, right? Abel Ferreira would have been a fan of this. Really? And, oh yeah, he started off as an underground filmmaker. Absolutely. God, he's so good though. Oh yeah, he is. But you so, know, he moved have you on. Seen an Abel Ferreira movie like King of New York or uh, Bad you know, Lieutenant? He oh, he started off like that, but of course, this is something he went into full time and had money and backings and and everything. So he was able to advance in his career. The Kuchars yeah. never really I, went I, beyond I think this. If they if they had more money. It would just go to more stuff the same thing. They would still make the same movies. Maybe. I don't think they Maybe. would expand and, and go better. It's hard to say. Um, but, you know, it's the same the same guy who did uh, the Alien uh, movie, the that weird thing. I mean, he's also underground New York weirdness. I mean, you said this movie cost $1,000. That's what it's supposed to have had. Right. Yeah. That's $1, actually $1. a lot in 1966. 1966, sure. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's almost like probably like 5000 Most of that is going to come from just getting the, the, the color film mm -hmm. developed. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, taking yeah. the Bullock's film and actually sure. developing it. Yeah. Because yeah. some of the shots, <clears throat> I mean, you had mentioned... Uh, Paul a couple times that it was just a, a neat looking yeah. shot for, and it was very artsy fartsy with all the red uh, curtains and everything I mean there were a couple like neat looking <laughs> moments right. put you, it that way you, you get the that this is a movie that sort of goes excessive in its style but you don't get the feeling that these people have no idea what they're doing Mm -hmm. Also, you don't yeah. get the feel that these people are pretentious, right? You know, yeah. Right. When they're making it, they're just having fun and they're enjoying what they're doing, which comes off in the film. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, this could have very easily <coughs> become a pretentious story about you know the robots evolving and mm -hmm. becoming human and the you know life of whatever. And it it doesn't. It it it's just silly. It, well, and it's, campy. It's yeah. very campy. Well, the story is they got, I mean, their filler is all lounging and <laughs> picking up jewelry and having a robot having baby. A baby and, yeah. um, but the story itself, when it finally gets started, is very simple. Simple, And yeah. it goes from, you know, point A to point B to point C. It's not complicated. All the excess stuff is out. You don't have all the extra explanatory dialogue. 
Thank you have God. the narrator right. who gives a lot of explanation in the beginning and a couple other points, but for the most part, it is it is a silent movie, and I, mean, I appreciate you get barely any talking. Yeah, I appreciate silent movies because it takes out all the extra, and you realize how much you don't need. Right, you don't right. need a full-on explanation of this. You don't need to know how far away the castle was that you had to walk to. You don't need to know any of this other crap. Which is why I kind of liked it when you pointed out that one scene where Princess Viviana, she's in this one area, and then she just simply moves to another area. And that's pretty much the whole minute-long scene. And I, we just watched her go from one side to the other. Well, that's it. That's, that, that's yeah. all it was. You know? He made a joke about like <laughs> she farted or something and had to do about That's it. why the curtains lifted. That's why the curtains lifted. Yeah, she that just funny. walked over there, and I'm just going to stand. Goes, yeah, it's when they were eating. Yeah. Her and the prince are eating, and then she stands up and walks. Her eyelashes were probably getting heavy. Huge oh eyelashes. Oh, my gosh. They were solid. Paul thought you oh, should have some of those. No. <laughs> well, I was yeah, going to ask you about just, the 60s style, but go ahead and finish yeah, your thought. Yeah, but she just walks over and stands in this... It's not even a doorway, but it has the, those curtains, either red or orange, hanging up, and they're just floating around her, and she just stands there. Wafting. And then goes back and sits down. I'm like, the only time people get up and walk away from the dinner table like that is if they have to fart. Broccoli. Speaking <laughs> of which, though, of the which thing. one curtains are farting? <laughs> well, no, the standing around. Okay. There's that guy. There's the flesh point who's like, mm. yeah, yeah like the whole time. <laughs> That's czar. That's yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. It, it, the funny thing about that was just the juxtaposition of when the narrator is talking about, you know, they made these flesh pods and they were perfect, beautiful creatures, and he's there going, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't look very perfect. perfect. <laughs> no, no. There was nothing perfect no. in this. And, you know, he's talking about how mankind now, what was left of it, had this perfect paradise, and it's just mm. like a bunch of plastic fruit. and Plastic fruit that they can't eat the plastic fruit. Eating but they're snacks. eating They were eating fruit, which I guess they had actual, like, apples or whatever. There was a they dead fish sitting there. And... Yeah, random. That must have smelled. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Or it was plastic. Or it was plastic. Probably I don't know, plastic. but I probably. Plastic. You know, I, 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 you know, I'm like, I'm wondering where did they have all of these things around their house or well, did they just like I out? said, the fruit came from Woolworths that much. I know because he says mm -hmm. he I think he mentions that in the, in the, the notes or in the, the, the discussion. He talks about it because this comes with commentary. You actually so, listen to the commentary? Some there? of it, not all oh. of it. Yeah. So who, who's talking? Is it the Mike? Mike Kuchar? Yeah. Kuchar? Uh, was George there with them, or I believe there? he's in there as well. I didn't. I didn't. Interesting. That's yeah. pretty cool. That's it actually is. worth it's having absolutely. the movie just to hear them talk about the making of it. Sure. Because I know, like independently speaking, this is this is like a do-it-yourself movie. Right. You know, and everybody always complains. Like even I, I this is not something I want to make. You know, like I I don't want to get my friends together and have Paul or, I do uh, Paul over on the, the wall going Ur. you know Paul would watch it <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. say he would he would, he would do it but mm -hmm. I don't want to do that like that's not the way I want like right. I don't want to well, be viewed like that understand but. that this movie and pretty much most of the Kuchar movies these are not made to be commercial enterprises these are not made for the regular audience to go see this in the, the big cineplex right. this is made as 
like a painter might paint a, a, a mural mm-hmm. or a, you said this is a whole know, movie yeah it, this mm-hmm. is this is basically an art an art project mm-hmm. right. that, it definitely has that feel yeah, to it absolutely yeah. Like yeah, uh, like uh, Louis Buñuel is the only other thing I can think of that might be similar. Andy Warhol, to didn't he do? Uh, yeah, Andy Warhol too, to a, yeah, to a point. Didn't he do like his sure, own films with and Paul stuff? Morrissey, were, yeah. They were just some artsy fartsy shit, and this mm-hmm. is what it is. And mm-hmm. and but this wasn't honestly as bad as it was. It wasn't as bad as it could have been. Oh yeah, you know? mm-hmm. oh, like yeah. they could have gone completely overboard with well, it. It was the artistic. I feel like um, the artistic twist to it that right, gave that it that bearability mm-hmm. yes because but you can see with the colors and the reds <clears throat> especially and the some of the different shots and it being silent and which once it got going you realize it was a silent movie the overacting makes more sense because that is what you would see back you know in the, like 20s. the 20s yeah, yeah. charlie chaplin did the a lot of very, overacting because yeah, well you had to you had to because you're not talking and yeah, so that yeah, kind of it's a little bit i don't know if you picked this up there's a little bit of a throwback to metropolis mm-hmm. fritz never, lang which seen it also mm-hmm. has the sort of robots and and and, and you know manufactured people mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's on like Kino, so I'm gonna get it it's yeah. eventually on Blu-ray. But it's, it, it's interesting. Now, of course, you know, back then it was Hollywood doing stuff, and they had much bigger budgets. And well, yeah, silent film. People forget about the silent films back then. They were actually they were huge budget. They had great sets. They had all kinds of really cool things. They were long too. They're yeah. not short movies. Right. Well, right. Uh, I watched a was it a, a Charlie Chaplin movie called The Kid. Yeah. That was like 54 minutes, you yeah. know, or something. That's like Metropolis the shortest he's ever done, you know, kind of thing. So mm-hmm. generally his stuff's about an hour and a half to two hours long. But again, those are all movies that are made for the general public, yeah. uh, you know, as a, as a feature film. Yeah. This is more like an artsy project that you might show art students. I mean, or this is not even a B like movie you'd see in the drive-thru. No. Drive-in. No. no, this is not for the drive-in. No. But... No. It's still, you know, an interesting, fun little underground film, and like I said, it influenced a lot of folks. So, and it just goes to show you what you can do, if long as you've got a camera and a garage, <laughs> because there's like there's like a couple scenes where you can see they're shooting into a corner, where there's all these tarps and and things, and then you see another scene where it seems like they're shooting in the opposite corner. So probably they shot in the area that was dressed for one scene, and then they, mm-hmm. the other corner was dressed for the other scene. Mm-hmm. And they just simply went back and forth, and it's in the basement or in someone's garage. I don't right. know if you noticed towards the end with uh, Viviana and Ernie. Ernie. <laughs> I just, you know, they're lounging about in the beginning, in the middle. So much whatever, lounging. And then, yes. She leaves and tells them to bathe and whatever. And then you have the bathing scene, and then you come back later, and he's lounging again. You notice at that point, it's in front of the bathtub. So I don't want to go back and watch it. I don't want to verify it. But it does make me wonder if their previous lounging scene was, again, in front of the bathtub, but shot at a lower angle, Mm -hmm. so you can't tell that that ledge is the bathtub. Probably. Uh, So they couldn't get, like, two different rooms or something. They had to... Do it in the same room. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, what do you get? What did you guys think of the baby bot? Yeah, I mean, it was cute. It it was clearly I, a wind up toy. I appreciated it looking like a wind up robot toy rather than getting like a baby doll, like a human baby mm. looking thing. Right. 
So, so, so is that does little, it work though? That's the question. Does it work? So uh, my question does that mean that the little wind up toy is going to become a human eventually, or is it just going to just be another? Uh, is it going to grow up to be a? Well, I, it's questionable because as we we've mentioned, you know, the fleshapoids have flesh, but they were created by humans. This is something brand new created by the fleshapoids that doesn't That's true. have flesh, and it's a robot. And it's a robot ish. I mean, it's plastic. <laughs> the spring that winds it up might be metal, but otherwise, yeah. Well, theoretically, it's supposed to be a robot. It's supposed to right. look like it's a robot. like a little blocky square thingy with little yeah. arms that kind of go back and forth. Probably and the says feet go made back in Japan forth. on the back. It's Probably. so funny because I'm like staring right at the Terminator 2 poster, oh, yeah. which yeah. is actually, he's a fleshapoid. Yeah, You know, exactly. if you think about it, he's a fleshapoid. But it's, That's a it's, much better looking fleshapoid <laughs> than Zar, come on. <laughs> it's just funny, I mean, the thing is, is that if you're, if you're trying to make a statement and you're trying to be super stylistic, but this is what you've got, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it works necessarily. I mean, you could have gone and used the baby, because that at least has some sinister under, undertones, because then you can say, now they've produced something that looks human but really isn't, and but that's a threat. And you would have been able to find wind-up dolls could, at that yeah. time. So then you have to assume that they're tr using the toy was part of their statement. Right, exactly. And That would probably be in the commentary, would be my guess. And that, that has to be mm -hmm. either purposely campy or purpose, purposely funny or something. But you're right, well, I'll have to go back and, and well, do the entire not commentary. Not campy or funny, just that's part of their artsy statement mm -hmm. that you know they're robots underneath you know the fake human flesh and this is what their baby is going to turn out to be yeah but I uh, don't know. you guys didn't expect that coming though did you i mean oh. uh, i knew you said he was you know i knew there was going to be a baby didn't know it was going to be a wind-up toy but <laughs> i mean i think that made it sort of funnier on a little mm -hmm. bit like you're like because it's coming out of her womb it you know, sort of under, comes out from and under so, a dress, under yeah. her flapper's dress. And so she, it's coming out, and it's just like marching, you know. It just feels like okay. So I mean, like I said, I just wonder if it means that it's gonna grow up to be bigger, like a bigger robot like that, or if it's just gonna stay the that size forever and just be the wind-up mm. toy for. What about some of the special effects? Like I said, you know, we goes back to the old school method of showing things like scratching the film to show electrical stuff. Mm -hmm. That was kind of cool. I mean, that's mm -hmm. that's old Ray Harryhausen-ish kinds of effects from way back in the day. I like the yeah. I like the effect of the of the explosion, you know, mm -hmm. and everything. I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, and the the sparkler behind. Uh, the prince when he finally gets zapped and yeah. then becomes that sort of melty skull thing. Uh, that the was skull cool. thing was well done. That was the cool. The skull thing yeah. was pretty cool. I, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing they 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 found some kind of skull thing and then they just kind of did it some Yeah, it looks like like wax or something like yeah. that got dripped onto it or something. Yeah. And, yeah. and it works. I mean, all of those those effects were fine. Mm -hmm. Low budget, but well done for what they were. Mm -hmm. Once again, it's mm -hmm. just DIY, you know, do it yourself yep. kind of shit. So yep. they just made with what they had, mm -hmm. and uh, but still better special effects than what we've seen on some of the newer ones when go. they had more money and they tried to CGI crap. Yeah, that's true. You know, I mean, you look at something like like the Flash that just came out, and I've heard. Like, the CGI is just terrible in that movie. And I'm like, I mean, 
they should know better. You know, they should know yeah, how. They to, have the know. money. I mean, they have these, the money. These guys are a thousand bucks. these guys well, do this. In most of the movies that um, get better reviewed, well, besides having a good story, their special effects are either a mixture of CGI and practical. Thank you. I couldn't think of the word <laughs> practical mm. effects, or they're all practical effects. Everything that's mostly CGI is, I mean, it's going to look like an anim animated movie. And I liked the matte paintings too, like especially in the beginning, the the, uh, mm -hmm. the the what do you call it, the you know the crawl with all the credits and everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's got there were some intricate, fun little crayon yeah. colored sort of things. It kind of got you, got you think because all of it is done in almost like this fake Greco-Roman type feel to it. Right, 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 right. It, that's where all the lounging and the fruit comes. Uh, yeah. Anyways, now, so that you did get that with the credits and with the background pictures. Now you understand that, in my opinion. Oh dear. Uh, Zuzu, kind of echoes a little bit of this in their, mm. the way that they shot it. I think they knew or saw this film, and that's kind of one one of the reasons why they did it in the way that they did it. But at the same time, there's also like a uh, bit of a David the Rock Nelson part in that we ain't got a whole lot of money, so we're doing it in the basement, damn it, and mm -hmm. we're gonna just. Th but un unlike say David the Rock Nelson, who just leaves everything in there, there was at least some skillful editing mm -hmm. done in this. Skillful editing. Yeah. There was. Um, I think George did a, a decent job writing the movie or whatever because it felt it did feel like there. Once we got to the story, <laughs> once we got to that part, yeah, there, the story really kicked in, and I think like there was there was stuff happening, mm -hmm. you know, and you were wondering kind of where where's this gonna go, like what's yeah. gonna happen? Yeah, because in the beginning, it's this, what was the name of it? Sins of the Sins of the Fleshapoids. So I'm assuming, okay, it's gonna be sexual, because usually when people talk about sins, that's what it's, it's like going lust, to be. Yeah. yeah, but then he kills the first wo woman, his master, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe that was the Rock sin. on the head. Yeah, like, okay, maybe that's where they're going well, with that. So you kind of had a little bit of mystery going on in the right, beginning. Right, because you think that might be, but I think the sin is really mm -hmm. the fact that they fall in love. Yeah, yeah. And then they end oh, up producing oh, yeah, the, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know, but I mean, in the beginning, you're, you're at least my thought, I was like, okay, right, so right. I was assuming it was something like that, fall in love, lust, whatever. Um, but then he kills her, and I'm like, okay, maybe mm. that was it. And because even that, all... that's that's a Shakespearean thing there, forbidden mm -hmm. love, mm -hmm. you know. You were talking about the preacher-sounding uh, narrator, and I was like, ah, that's where, you know, like, this mm -hmm. is it. It's a preacher. It yep. all makes sense. Yeah. Something. But then that, that itself provokes an interesting question. Why is it forbidden for robots or machines to fall in love? Mm-hmm. I mean, no, I, I, I don't, I don't get that. I well, because he even says when the narrator kind of goes off, it's like, does that mean war and slavery and yeah. human like, well, slavery? That's kind of a clarify big, that. But, but it's a fear that yep. we have, like in things like in AI and other things. It's kind of a jump. I mean, just because two toasters fall in love does not equal slavery for all humanity. Mm -hmm. That's just our automatic fear that we immediately jump to. Oh. People well, have, people have that fear. I mean. Skynet's uh, coming things, to real. Well, and not just with AI and 
you know, robots and that, but just different types of people back in the day, you know, you didn't know interracial marriage because then society was going to fall apart. And oh my God, you know, yeah. that couldn't happen. LGBT club, all those letters plus, excuse me. You know, oh my God, if we allow that, then what's going to happen next? You know, so there's always this fear. It's yeah. the loss of control. It, yes. It's been since the yes. beginning of time. Oh yeah. You know, with yeah. uh, like, even with, with probably cavemen, had fear that uh, what if I can't get dinner tonight? Yeah. You know, it's or it's whatever, lack of control. Know? We yeah. we can control the environment. We can control life here. But what happens outside of that that we mm. don't have control? Yep. Mm. Anything could happen. Let's just assume it's the worst. Yeah. Well, this is why I status. don't. Yeah, it's an evolutionary thing for us. This is why I don't watch the news because like everything is like the end of the world. To the news, to media, and then yeah, I'm just like, like, "You love Marvel. What are Marvel movies? The end of the world every <laughs> single time." Well, but see, but then there's, but then I see know, what I mean. But yeah. I know that they're never gonna leave me hanging to the point where I don't know if it's gonna be the end of the world. Somebody saves it at the end of the world. News, there's always the end of the world, and there's like to be continued. More news about the end of the world. You know, now uh, I really, really want them to do a two-part Marvel movie and just not do the second part, just to annoy you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they did uh, the Infinity, the Infinity War, and uh, was it Endgame? And those movies at the end of at the end of the first one, you know, kind of ends okay. in the very like, oh my God, what's gonna happen? You know, and it did kind of like get me crazy, like, oh my God, where's this gonna go? And then. I went to the theater and I enjoyed, you know, the, the finishing of it. See, and I'd appreciate it more if it were like, instead of, you know, the fate of the world of mankind, it's more like, oh, will this ice cream sandwich melt or not? You know? Why do you like that, though? Because it's different. I hate the same thing over and over. How many times can you really get concerned about the fate of the planet when it's every single goddamn movie? You know? Well, you know, mm -hmm. because because that is what's going on in this world right now. So it's the fear. You know, we go in there going, okay, we... We can recognize something, you know. That's to me. That's what it is. Yeah, I don't know. I, there's a lot of people that don't want to have to deal with that. They they well, yeah, deal with they, that enough, and they don't want to. Have and to... you know, and those people right now are having second thoughts, and a lot of people are leaving that. There's those a lot kind of, of any blowback but, against that kind of stuff. Right, right now. but but then there are the people who still love it, you know, and still want to see this happen. So it's just you know, it's going to happen all the time. But it's interesting to me that a lot of that stuff is echoed in this film. You know, it doesn't obviously have the, the budget or the size or the scope of that sort of thing. Instead, this is, you know, a couple guys in their apartment making this with the money that they've got, enlisting the aid of the friends that they have and utilizing the stuff that they had and going to Woolworths and buying some plastic fruit and throwing so it in there. This, uh, this, this right here that we're doing is taking place in July. Just to let everybody know, we're uh, we're way back in time when this gets way released. back in time. And um, Insidious, the new Insidious movie, is number one in the box office right now with okay. fifteen million dollars. That's it. They'd only made fifteen or sixteen, something like that. Like pretty, you know, not your, modest. you know, not not a huge budget. It was actually what the budget probably was, and it's probably going to make double, at least double, triple, whatever uh, its budget was. Um, why why do we need big budget like blockbusters why you I tell mean, me you're the audience that that I goes know, for i know i like it but i'm just saying we don't we don't we don't need them to be spending 
a hundred million to no. two hundred million to three hundred million. They need to be spending the money on they the need writing. To be, they need to. They need to go back to like twenty million to thirty million, whatever, something like that. That's a pretty modest budget. Well, and the thing is, is that there are companies that have tried to fill that niche, like Blumhouse and some of the other yeah, ones, who try to make things within the one to ten million dollar range or even twenty million dollar range and I think Lionsgate were doing like the twenty million dollar range kind of films for right. a while too. Yeah. You know, smaller budgeting that you have to rely more on storytelling. But the thing is that the big the the big studios have to sort of produce they have to produce X amount of money because it costs them X amount of money to pay back all of their investors and then it costs X amount of money just to have the things you know, advertised. You know, if you make a movie for two hundred million dollars, you got to make six hundred million dollars in order to break even. But here's the thing: you spend okay, say you spend uh, thirty, uh, twenty million dollars on, you know, the movie, and maybe ten million on advertising and everything. You have a thirty million dollar movie, which is pretty pretty low in that sense. Then you make say you make six hundred million off of it because it does well. People want to see it. People are excited. Then Bam. People and people are getting less and less excited oh, yeah. about seeing these big budget movies and then they're making less and less and less money. And, and remember soon because of the way the, the theaters work, I mean you might make six million dollars, but you're not getting six million dollars. You're getting half if that. Right. Because the other half's gone to the theaters. So right. they gotta take their chunk. And yeah. you know, everybody else has to take their chunk. You know, people who have back end deals, people who have residual deals, people who have other stuff. So yeah, you have to make X amount more, and that's how the studios look at it. We we can't just make this amount of money. We have to make a lot more. We have. That's why a lot of them try to make it so that they'll do much better in the foreign box office because ultimately they know they're only going to make so much to American audiences, but they can make a lot more in like China or Russia that's or other places. Great, great point. Because I was talking to somebody. This will go right back to the movie. I'm sorry, she's just like, but. I the, like some of the big budget. I like, I, I like whatever. The funniest thing about uh, that was I was talking to somebody, maybe John Ward, somebody like that about it. Um, you know, and I think John Ward was like uh, talking about China and the fact that, I mean, at this time we were sort of at, you know, we're sort of. There's a cold war that's know, going there was, on. There's sort this. of a little bit of war with, with China and stuff. And China was cutting us off mm. from the big budget movies or whatever. They're making their for own. A while. Right, yeah. And so. They were cutting us off from that. And then um, we, all of a sudden, uh, Marvel, especially in D Disney, were catering to China, right? right? They were sending stuff. They were doing things. They were cutting things to make China happy, you know, and everything, right. which right. was pissing off a lot of, like, you know, whatever. But, I mean, to me, it doesn't matter. If you're making them happy, they're watching it over there. That not, does not affect me unless you... You also show it, you know. Yeah, my only States. my only concern with all that is that as an artist, you want to make your movie the way you want to make your movie. Now, if you want to re-edit it for Chinese audiences and give them that version, that's, that's perfectly saying. fine. But, but don't, 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 yeah. But let us see the right. the American version and everything like the that. Kuchars don't have to worry about that. They're going to make their movie the way they're going to do it with their resources, and that's it. Yeah, and I mean they're going to have the limited audience that they have. You know, mm. the Prince family. People who know about well, the underground scene. Well, and there was there was a time where you could go to New York City and go to some of those old-fashioned um, theaters, and they weren't all porn movies. They started off doing things like underground cinema and, and local cinema and small artsy kinds mm -hmm. of cinema. Those days are kind of gone. You don't really see artsy cinema except maybe 
on college campuses. You might see a few of them. We had one of, and at the University of Delaware called the State Theater, and that's like the only place that you would see sort of underground stuff or John Waters kinds of stuff I'm, or Nick Zed. I'm surprised like know. the Narrow didn't do anything. The like Narrow that. did stuff. I'm sure they, they. Yeah, they started off doing that. They didn't. They didn't get into the bigger stuff until later on, from what I understand. And that was a financial move to keep them afloat because, of course, a lot of theaters went under. Yeah, know. that's probably yeah. it. Was probably a good decision, but. It sucks because then you can't see the, you know, the, the, the smaller stuff. Exactly, which is why I'm kind of hoping that uh, if we get our theater up and going, that it might be a place where we can be able to, to show more artsy she, stuff. She doesn't want to show Kuchar movies. I'm well, sorry. <laughs> that, that's, I have nothing to do with that, and that yeah, will be a bit in the future. But I, I would just hate to have yet another place that's just going to show another Marvel movie, because you can see oh, Marvel no, 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 movies no, no. Like, well, yeah, at the big you, cinema. We won't be able to get those. Yeah, yeah you want, you'd have to no, pay like is, extra money for that stuff. This is, the idea is it's going to be community. Nice. You know, different than the American theater. Mm -hmm. We've had some People express concern. If you can compete, it's going to be different. Right. You know, the, the American theater is getting these big national names. We're getting the high school group, the local dance troupe. The, That's good. That That's kind of, community theater. That kind of thing. And then hopefully be able to get some specialty movies around the holidays and Halloween and Santa stuff Claus like that. Meets the ice cream bunny. Please, yeah. please, please. I'll talk to Aaron. Mm. It's a wholesome community movie. It's a piece of crap. Yeah, but it's but, a fun piece of crap. Yeah, I mean, once again, I I loved when we did like uh, the, the the thing with Robot Monster mm -hmm. uh, at the uh, firehouse. That was great. Know? There's a little bit of Robot Monster in this too. I don't know if you heard me saying that whole part. We remember when the robot uh, falls in love with Alice. Why is love not in the plan? There's a little bit of that in this yeah, too. You know. Bit. And that happened. That was that was fifty six. I forgot. Like when yeah. you said that, I forgot Robot Monster. But yeah. now that that's coming back to me, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's cute. So I guess we are finally at the time where we have to talk about scoring our movie. Um, so we usually do this on a scale of one to ten, by which the lower the score, the better the film is, and the stinkier the film is, the higher the score. So just. You know, think of a whole lot of stink being a higher number. And you can score it sort of a half step if you feel in between. And then we total up the three scores, and then we see where on the ladder of stink this particular movie happens to fall for our season. And we've had a whole season full of stink yep. this year. It's been pretty amazing. But it hasn't been, like, no, not a lot of 30s, which has been interesting. Like, mm -hmm. it's been sort of... A lot more of heavy twenties, but the high twenties. High twenties, a lot of high twenties, but nothing too 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 stinky. And honestly, I mean, even though this was this is not a very good film by any stretch of the imagination, no. I don't think this is going to end up being a thirty. I, no. I just don't see that happening. But no. you never know. But explain the stinkometer. I just that did. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a silly person. So, that being said, who would like to give their score? First. You do. Me? Yeah. Um, okay. Because uh, you had the. And I'm gonna go ahead and give this a six and a half. There's definitely some weird stinking vibes to it. It's definitely done on the cheap. It's definitely done in an overly stylistic kind of way. But there's a lot of stuff in here that I like. There's a lot of good shots, like I mentioned before. I particularly like that one where you're seeing her silhouette and you're seeing multiple layers of those diaphanous curtains mm -hmm. moving around that 
the image was very interesting and very very cool. I liked that. And there are other times when they, it doesn't work quite so much. It's a very simple story, but it's elevated to a point where it is campy, but it's also it also works. It also makes sense. So I can't knock it too much because most of the problems that I see with it are things like budget. I mean, they only had a thousand bucks in 1966, and they did what they could do. And it doesn't feel like it was made by people who had no idea what they were doing. Some of the acting was kind of, I mean, even for overacting purposes, it was some of it was kind of kind of sketchy. But overall, I didn't think it was too bad or too stinky. But it had some stink to it. So six and a half for me. I'd go seven and a half. Um, so I think it's a little stinkier than what you're saying because as much as I agree with you, I feel the, the and, and I, I will say that the stuff I liked about the movie that made it go definitely lower than like a 10 or 9 or even whatnot um, was the fact that, yes, it was competently made, you know? Like, you could tell that these people knew what they were doing. Mm -hmm. They sort of, they knew how to edit well. They, the music was, you know, interesting enough. Like, all the stuff was, it, it was well done. Um, it's just, the story itself kind of in the beginning was so boring and there were a few scenes that kind of dragged on for even for a 50 minute film this movie felt a little longer than that and i think that was my biggest problem with the movie is sure. that like pacing was a problem. yeah i mean it wasn't it wasn't anything where i was like oh my god i'm gonna fall asleep it was just more of like come on like i think you haven't seen Jen going like, come on, come on, let's get this, let's get this story. Well, especially because that's what we're used to from the Hollywood perspective because that's what they do. Their whole thing is to entertain you in the space of 90 minutes, uh, two yeah, hours. Yeah, but this should. I mean, mm. I hate to say it, like, that's, I mean, I know you're not big on Hollywood, but I think you should be entertained throughout the whole movie. And we right. shouldn't be bored by anything. My, my only point and counterpoint to that is I don't know that entertainment is high on their list of what they're trying to do with this, if you know what I mean. Hmm. So, yeah, well, if they're, yeah, and their point is probably to just make a movie and make get an it out statement. and get many. Was it really an artistic statement, though? Uh, I, I think so. I, I think so. I don't know. Might be a little muddled. But I think there was, yeah. I think some of the things you, we you talked think about. A, you think a, a wound up robot coming out at the end? It's not is, my statement. I, just saying. I don't. I don't think so. I think they were. Well, that's why they I, were making a movie. You said. That's why I said there was a reason they chose that, and it's not just because that's what they had in the corner. They picked that. For yeah, a reason. there there could have been the there could have been a baby, and they could have probably got a baby that walked. Or a stuffed little, animal or something. Or stuffed animal, but they went with the uh, they went with the robot. Here's. You know, I think they had a robot. They said, "Let's let's do this," and that's what they did. That's my it's the old argument. What came first, the chicken or the egg? Was it the robot or not the robot? Yeah. So I, I don't. All right. Think well, that's six and a half, seven and a half. Just Jen, what about you? So, <laughs> um, this is gonna be weird, but I'm actually gonna give it a solid five. Whoa! Because nice. I'm viewing this differently than both of y'all. And, and from the beginning, you could kind of tell movie, yes, but more, I'm viewing it more artistically. Mm -hmm. Like, this is not a good movie. This is not, you know, there are a lot of problems. I think the slow pace in the beginning is 
I mean, it's not typical nowadays, but you older movies were very slow in the beginning. Sure. Especially 70s so, movies. Did a yeah, lot of so that, that I feel is like for the time period. A little more explanation on who the hell these people were would have been helpful, ah. but that's slow. And I see it, I mean, all the reds, all the flowy curtains, all of the shots were just so artistic. I see it more as an artistic piece rather than a movie, exactly. which is why I gave it a higher thing. Movie-wise, a lot of issues, the overacting, the sets needed work, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But yeah, let's say I'm not getting we're not getting the robot argument again. <laughs> but yes, I do feel like that is part of a statement that's in there for a reason. Like someone would put something in a painting. Why is that that way? Well, there is a reason. We don't know it, but we can debate it. But that's how I view it, and that's why I gave it so really high. Cool. I, I because it get where to you're me it's an from. artsy fartsy thing. Not my particular cup of tea, but. You know, it's like me viewing modern art. I don't care for it, but I can see it as artwork. But comparing this to, say, Queen Zuzu, mm -hmm. you think this movie was more successful doing it than mm -hmm. to, say, Queen Zuzu that tried I, but didn't quite do Yeah, it. I got more of an artistic feel vibe and from it. The other reason I think it was more successful than Queen Zuzu is because, and I still love Queen Zuzu, but they dedicated a large chunk of their time to another film. Mm -hmm. to bringing in that red balloon stuff. Yeah. I wanted to see more yeah. of their own world that they created with the, the dog and the cat and the weird stuff that was going on. Mm -hmm. I wanted less of the intrusive element of the red balloon stuff. I wanted stuff. at least one monster in that yeah, movie. Well, that a monster movie called Queen Zuzu, Queen of the Monsters. Yeah. I wanted more monsters, yeah. and yeah. I think I was really disappointed right. by that. Um, this movie... <laughs> Gave me what it said in the title. It says "Sins of the Flesh of Hoyts." Yep. I get it. Like I, it gave me that, so I'm I'm all for it. But right, just, mm -hmm. right. If anything, it gives you too much creativity <laughs> in certain aspects. Yeah. But yeah. that to me is the difference between this and a Zuzu because Zuzu was just the, too much of the damn red balloon. I mean, if you had cut mm -hmm. that in half and given us more stuff, more of the original stuff, mm -hmm. I, I would have liked it even more, and I think we would have liked it as a group more. I so, agree, 100%. But, and I have no way of going back and checking out, but this might be the lowest ranked, or lowest rated finale that we've had, mm -hmm. I I'm think. I'm thinking, so, okay, so the first one we did was, uh, it, well, it would be close, I think, to, the last one we did was, uh, or the first one we did was um, uh, the, the puppet, uh, turkey puppet. Um, oh, the thanks killing. That was like a 28, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think that was still high up there. That was pretty high up there. Yeah. So this five, is, this is. six and a half, and you said a what, a seven? Yeah, seven and a half. Seven and a half, so that's uh, 14, 19. I think. Is that 19? Hold on. Yeah, that's that's low. That's mm -hmm. that's good. Mm -hmm. See, and that's funny. You guys were expecting me to pull out something mm -hmm. really horrible and stinky. Yes. <laughs> I, yes. Don't know. I don't know why. Yeah, but you're right. It's 19. Yeah, God. So mm -hmm. that's pretty. That's pretty low. We um, kind of ended on a high note. 15's right in the middle, so it's close. What were you thinking we were gonna? You know, I thought I figured it would more like heavy eights is kind of where I was going. I, yeah. I, and I think that would have happened had the movie been longer. This movie had been like an hour and mm -hmm. 10 minutes, hour and 15 minutes. Or even an hour and a half. The suffering especially. would have been much mm -hmm. higher. Because they would have had to fill in more stuff. Right, and right, right. And it 
would have just dropped. There's only yeah. so much of this sort of artsy fartsiness that you can take before you start like, oh, something happened, please. I mean, it was well, giving me Miss Werewolf vibes in the beginning. Where it was just going on and on, and nothing was going, nothing was going on, you know, mm. just kept going, and I was just like, "Come on, something happened." Um, so, but then once, uh, actually, it was almost like as if, like, once after just Jen said, you know, uh, "Sorry, come on," it actually came on. She said the magic <laughs> she words, said the magic Jen, words. <laughs> and it just started working. So it started. We started to get the story and. And once the story started going, I loved it. Like I was, I was really enjoying, like, you know, what was happening. And mm. so I. Uh, and it's a little different than the sort of stuff that we've done in the past. So I kind of wanted to touch on the whole New York underground scene because we haven't really, we haven't really poked that bear much. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are going to in the future. So stay tuned for that. Oh dear. And yes, that's there, the only appropriate response. There, there, there is a little payback still from Miss Werewolf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they were called fleshapods. Fleshapoids. Fleshapoids. Sins of the fleshapoids. Right. There you go. All right. Well, thank you both very, very much. Thank mm-hmm. everybody for listening in. This is the end of season six, if you can believe that. We will be back next season for the start of season seven. I think we were. We're cutting it down so that it's just a couple movies uh, a month. We'll, 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 we'll let you guys know more information yeah. about that in the recap. In the recap which we'll will be like that. the next episode. So yeah. Jess will be able we'll to go that. into more detail for that. But for the moment, thanks everybody for listening in. Thank you, Continuity Monkey. We didn't need you a whole lot, but there were a few continuity mm-hmm. issues. Yeah. Continuity mm-hmm. issues, but not much. Small. But it didn't matter in this case. Yeah. <laughs> <You> <laughs> know. Nothing it was mattered. It was, just, it was just like you just had to just. Shut your brain off right. and just enjoy it. Right. But we will see everybody on the flip side. So, <laughs> bye. bye. And we are out. Okay, save it. And then let's do the <gasps> beginning of the recap with yeah, just Jen. And then we got to get her going. Yeah, because if, if this stuff is going to roll in, I do want to get out of here before. Before four. Yeah, and I still have to go and get that stuff done. Do your thing. Yeah. Yes.